Welcome to another episode of Vacation Rental Insiders Podcast. It's time to learn from Ryan and Lucas how to become a short-term rental property host and start a successful vacation rental business. Get ready to learn and be the best host you can be. And now your hosts, Ryan and Lucas. Hey, welcome back to another episode of Vacation Rental Insiders. I'm Ryan. And I'm Lucas. Yes, yes, you are. And here we go. We got an episode that is heavy on the Lucas front today. Mr. Lucas is dying to tell you all what it takes to make money as an STR owner. Okay. So Lucas, break this down for me. You get a you get a question asked in our inbox uh, and in person quite often. Rephrase the question in the simplest terms for our listeners to get the idea and gist of exactly what it is we're going to cover. The simplest terms is I want to buy a property and I want to make money with it. But a lot of people who ask that question are, they don't understand maybe the expenses that surround a property and they don't understand the difference between how a property cash flows and why why it doesn't cash flow. Mm-hmm. Um, predominantly, as I told you before, the vacation rental market originally existed so that you could own a property and the property break even and or you offset some of those expenses by renting it out. Now, In other words, you weren't shooting for profitability. You were looking for leveraging the cost against your expected yes. cost of having this other home. Yes. Okay, and so in the, the simplest terms, people are asking you, how do I make money when, and if I go buy a rental property, if I yeah. go buy a short-term rental property? It was with the evolution of Airbnb that people all of a sudden wanted to make profit and turn it into a big business model. Now, I'm sure people already did that before, but more and more, as you know, with the Airbnb boom, people wanted to make money doing this. And so we can go through the absolute numbers of a property that I track here, and you can apply these numbers to anywhere you go, anywhere in the country, and see if it's going to work out for you. Okay, so... Let's take a scenario. You've got a couple of written down here for us that we in notes that you and I shared. So you got a house with um five hundred fifty thousand dollar purchase price. We're we're using a fictional seven and a half percent rate of mortgage and twenty percent down. Is that accurate? So I'm gonna start with let's that? yeah, yeah. Let's give a little bit more background on this purchase. This purchase is gonna get you an oceanfront condo and a newly renovated condo. Um, I'm exactly targeting one in my brain right now. It's likely going to come furnished. You're not going to have to furnish anything. Maybe some uh, little odds and ends, but the majority is going to come furnished at that 550. Lucas, um, that's turnkey. Oh my God, there's no way we key. don't make money. I know. Uh, <laughs> just know that just this, isn't everybody. Gonna, yeah, this isn't going to be your primary home. You're going to have a, It's going to be a second home or an investment property for you. So you're going to have a higher interest rate than a primary rate. So think if you have good credit, seven, seven and a half percent with the current rates, uh, if you have bad credit, you're looking at eights or more than that. Um, and this, and gonna... is, this is where you're coming up with 20% down because it's an investment property, not your main primary residence. Correct. You're not going to be able to get, you know, 3% down. FHA, FHA or any of that crap. Nothing. You're going to have to come with 20% down. 20% or nothing, kids. Um, that's going to leave you, though. <laughs> so this is going to be in a nice condo. It's a it's a renovated building. Um, they've recently undergone 15 million in renovations. So you have no future assessments. Everything's been done that needs to be done with an older building. Um, and it's an oceanfront unit. It's about 1600 square feet. It's a two bedroom, two bathroom, um, nice living room. Again, it's, it's a great property, uh, on the, on looking on the outside, it's a great property. So you're going to put 20% down 
uh, you're going to take a $440,000 mortgage at that current fictional seven and a half percent rate for second home. All right. Slow down. Recap those. Listeners are going to start losing you in all these numbers. So slow down. Yep. So we're going to put 20% down on that $550,000 purchase. Mm -hmm. That's going to leave us with a $440,000 mortgage. Okay. And that seven and a half at the same rate at that seven and a half percent, you're going to be left with a $3,100 mortgage. Got it. Perfect. All right. Everybody's with us. You got a $3,100 nut now. Go ahead and add on your expenses. All right. Here's where things start ballooning for you because that's not the only thing you're going to have. You're going to have an HOA fee more than likely. Now you can get rid of this by buying in a community that doesn't have an HOA fee. But as Ryan and I discussed in the prior episode, if we release this one in sync, you could then be subject to the Dallas, what happened in Dallas. You could be subject to the Dallas city ban and all of a sudden lose your property. So let's say you bought in an HOA and you have an HOA fee. In this particular property, which is actually low for an oceanfront property in comparison, when you compare you know, Miami, Tampa markets and stuff like that, we're going to say it's $1,000 mm-hmm. a month. Mm-hmm. This is going to cover your building insurance, not your condo insurance. It's going to cover your building insurance, you know, pest control, maintenance around the building, landscaping around the building. It's typically going to include cable and internet. On some HOAs, water will be included. On most HOAs, though, water will not be included. You have to pay for water separately. Mm-hmm. All right. So $1,000 a month is what that gets you. Okay. This brings you to your homeowner's policy. You're going to tell your homeowner's policy that you are using it as a rental. When you do that, your homeowner's policy will triple from probably around $1,100 a month to $3,000 a month. I've written down $2,600 a month because I know that's what this one costs. Just depends where you're at. $2,600 a month in- Or $2,600 a year. Homeowner's okay, insurance. Okay, thank $2, you. $2,600 a year. Yeah. <laughs> I thought I wasn't hearing that right. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. Because so, it's not, yeah. So now we're going to recap. We're going to run all the way back. So we had $3,100 mortgage, $1,000 mm-hmm. a month HOA, and whatever that is, a $400, $300 a month um, homeowner's insurance. Okay. Uh, there's leaves one more large overhead. That's your yearly property taxes. For a property that costs this in this area, it's about $10,000 a year. And you can't homestead okay. it because it's not your primary. Right. So- out the door on your four major expenses, that's $5,100 okay. per month is what yep. you're paying. Now you have two okay. additional expenses. You have utilities, which can be your water and internet in most cases, or water and electric in most cases. Mm-hmm. I've estimated that at $450 a month. And you have a miscellaneous maintenance fee of 250 bucks. You always want to build in that miscellaneous maintenance because you have no idea when something's going to go wrong. Some months you might not spend anything. Other months you might have to replace your refrigerator and it's $2,000. Yep. So 250 bucks, that brings that, those two items to $700, add them to your 5,100 and you're at $5,800 per month in overhead expenses on the condo. Oof. That's, that's a lot, right? Amount. That's a decent amount. It's got that a lot of money. Is a, that is a decent amount. Now that's a total of $69,600 per year in expenses. Mm-hmm. And I'm telling you right now, not a lot of condos are doing more than that. All right. Mm-hmm. Most of them are weekly rentals where the minimum, the bylaws within the HOA's state, they have to be seven nights or more. In this right. particular building, it's a one night rental. Now, most people rent for seven and they backfill down to three. So let's say you have mm-hmm. a seven night rental and a, and a eight night rental. 
you know, back to back, but it leaves you with a six night gap. In this particular building we're discussing, you can actually backfill that date and not break any rules. You can rent okay. for five, four, six, three. But if you're in a building that doesn't allow that, you have six days of vacancy. You have six days of vacancy, correct. Right. So let's discuss that scenario where you're, it affects your gross. That would greatly affect your gross. A lot of my buildings are like this. Um, depending on the time of the year, I'm going to openly say this. We're not, nobody's listening that shouldn't be listening. I'll break the rules. I'm a risk versus reward guys. So sometimes I'll <laughs> I'll bend the rules to my favor on the risk versus reward. I won't do it in the off season, but if I have those six nights, I'm looking to rent that sucker to a family or friend. Okay. Right? Not to an Airbnb or VRBO guys, but I'm looking to rent it to a family or friend. Now the condo associations want to see you take a non-paying guest. Well, obviously you can tell your friend or family, hey, you didn't pay, wink wink. Um, and they get those they get those nights at a severely discounted rate. But I'd rather not mm-hmm. see them go empty during a peak season gap Mm -hmm. if i'm left with a gap another way you could curb this is by making sure you only rent saturday to saturday during the peak season um you just lose the opportunity to market six other days of the week Mm -hmm. so that that's a whole nother thing but let's just say you're rent you're getting to a building that has a one night minimum so you're rent you're able to backfill any date you want in this particular condo i know from experience having one that that does similar it'll do between 70 to 75k gross per year okay okay so if we go back to those yearly expenses, you're at sixty nine six hundred. So on a seventy thousand dollar year gross, congratulations, you just broke even, but you made no money. And on the year that you did do well at seventy five, you made still less than a one percent cap. And a cap rate is your net income divided by the purchase price of the property. I'll go over a brief little stint about cap rates. A six, a five to six percent cap rate is considered okay. A seven to eight percent cap rate is considered good, and a ten plus cap rate is nine, nine to ten or more is considered great. Mm-hmm. Right. So if you're a below one, that is a property you should avoid. But if you're taking what I said previously, that a vacation rental is for you and your family to own while mm-hmm. offsetting expenses and coming to visit yourself, then that's a pretty good proposition. You're getting a tax write off as a business. You're operating a business. You're getting a tax write-off. You're, you and your family are being able to use this property, and the property is paying for itself net zero. Mm-hmm. That's a good trade. Mm-hmm. However, if you are the person who wants to go get that money, you need <laughs> to be bringing a significant down payment and or a full cash purchase price of this property. I understand that's difficult. So most of you might be in the 20% down category. But mm-hmm. if you actually want to run this business and have good clean cash flows, if you were to purchase this property outright, you would lose a $3,100 mortgage, mm-hmm. all right? You'd also be able to have a little bit of flexibility in your homeowner's policy because you're not being required by the mortgage company to have a particular homeowner's policy. That's mm-hmm. a whole other conversation. Let's say you just lost the $3,100 mortgage. That drops you to $32,400 per year in yearly expenses based on the HOA, homeowners, taxes, utilities, and maintenance. Mm-hmm. And when you take that minus the 70 or 75,000 gross you're, you're bringing in, you're now bringing in between 38 and $42,000 a year in cash flow, which is a six and a half to seven and a half percent cap rate, which is considered good. That's good. Okay. You're getting a nice return on your money and your family is still able to use the property on down weeks that you believe it won't rent anyways. Bonus. So there's a bonus. Your tax write-off, you're cash flowing the property at a great rate. I mean, there's not a lot of investments out there that are returning, 
you know, 7%. You can go on a website called LoopNet. It's a big commercial website for commercial businesses get sold on LoopNet. Commercial buildings get sold on LoopNet. A lot of people will tell you that things are a 10% cap rate, but when you actually break down the numbers and you break them down with what you're going to have, they're like mm-hmm. a 1% cap rate. Okay. For example, somebody might claim their properties, t- like I might claim this fictitious property that I'm quoting here is a 6.5% cap rate because I own it outright. You might have mm-hmm. to put a mortgage on it. So for you, it's less than 1% cap rate. Yep. You know, so you do have to break down the numbers like that. So basically in short, there is no way to make a vacation rental extremely profitable without A, making a large sizable down payment or B, you know, paying for the property completely in cash. Now, I will leave the one exception to this rule. If you buy a u- unique property, such as the Idaho potato for $32,000 <laughs> and convert it into an Airbnb and yep. you have some really unique property in the middle of nowhere or just something crazy unique that didn't cost anything was very creative and attracts people. Obviously you're taking mm-hmm. a bit risk probably to do that. Um, but in those instances, you can completely turn what I've just said on its head. Yep. Um, and everything goes out the window then. Although I don't think you're taking you and your family to the Idaho potato, but you can take, you know, if it's yours, I don't think you're staying there, but you can turn what I said up on its head and, and then it becomes profitable. But if you're looking to buy a home in the Gatlinsburg, Tennessee area, if you're looking to buy a home in Scottsdale, if you're looking to buy a home in, in Texas, in Florida, in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, anywhere that these places exist for your vacation rental purposes, mm-hmm. pretty much what I said goes. It doesn't It doesn't change. You know, Gulf Shores, Alabama, it doesn't change. You're mm-hmm. looking for a cap rate. If you're wanting to cash flow, you need to be putting down a big down payment or paying cash. If you're okay with that Less than if you find a good property with a mortgage, I think one of the, maybe the best properties I've ever seen with a mortgage are doing maybe two percent on a cap rate. Okay. Um, so that's that's all you should expect. You should be hoping to break even and hoping that you and your family get good use out of it, and and just enjoying the property as a whole, getting that tax write off. Um, okay, so what what's the scenario where the person does go in? And literally cash flows a decent amount that's worthwhile. I mean, I know you've got some owners that own these. You've got at least one person in particular that I'm thinking of. I'm not going to drop any names because it's it's not appropriate. But you've got a gentleman that owns a couple of properties in two separate buildings that are paid for cash. Is he yeah, truly I'm... making money on those properties? Oh, yeah, dude. He's, he's minting money. At that point, they're just little cash cows. And he okay. gets to use so, them whenever he wants. Right. So these these properties, as they sit, when he paid cash for them and didn't have interest rates to worry about and all the other stuff, the only expenses he truly has is utilities, insurance, and HOA. Yeah. In that scenario, make money. Yeah, and tick taxes, you know, HOA, homeowners, taxes, utilities, you know. Yep. But again, that's, I, you know, I say that your your expenses in, in that department are going to, they're typically always going to be less than right around that 30 grand mark, maybe a little more depending on what your HOA is, but the 30 grand Mm -hmm. mark, and you're going to cash flow those properties tremendously, even if it's a, even if it's a weekly rental, like, cause the two properties he owns, they're both in buildings that are forced weekly rentals, like seven night minimums, no matter what. So, you know, but we're keeping them full 260 days out of the year. So that's still leaving him a hundred and 105 days out of the year to use them. Mm Mm-hmm. 
you know, f- give them to friends and family trade a week with, with another person who has a vacation rental or something like that. You know, that way yep. your, your family can go stay out in, you know, California and you can let that family you traded with stay in your Florida property. And you know that you're getting a nice trade off because it wouldn't have been rented anyways. Right. You know, there's things you can do this, that particular owner gives weeks away to his employees during the off season. Wow. He just reached out to me the other day and he said, Hey, you know, give me a dead week. Give me a dead week that I can give to my employee. And I gave him a dead week mm-hmm. that had no vacancy loss. And I said, here's seven nights that there's a high, high probability. There'll be a dead week, mm-hmm. you know? And he's like, okay, cool. Lock it up. I'm going to give it to an employee. I said, cool. You know, those are things you can do. And that's a tax mm-hmm. write off for him too. Yeah. As a bonus. Absolutely. Um, you know, so those are things you can do to help yourself out. Uh, like I said, I get that question a lot, whether people are looking to me to buy a property uh, down here in Florida or buy a, and, and it's come through the Vacation Rental Insiders podcast, uh, Instagram as well. Um, mm-hmm. You know, people looking to buy property here in Florida or buy property, wherever it is, Michigan, uh, Tennessee, Arkansas, Alabama, people looking to buy this property and they go, you know, how, how do we make it cash flow? And it's like, well, you really can't, you, you, you need to, you need to cut down that largest expense, which is the mortgage. Uh, you mm-hmm. need to get rid of it as fast as you possibly can, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and get to that, get to that clean, that clean money that's actually cash flowing. In fact, here recently I had a, I had a gentleman that's a client basically walk into about $2 million. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not going to say walk in, he, he sold some stock and ended up with a 1031 exchange. Mm-hmm. And, um, he's basically approved me to go buy him additional vacation rentals. Mm. And so the property that I just gave you is one that we're targeting. We're looking at really hard. Okay. You know, is that a good use of his cash at, at 7%? Yeah, absolutely. Cause he can do accelerated depreciation on it as well, which is a whole nother topic. Uh, but he can do that as well, which helps him out. And, and this thing's, you know, getting a good return on investment in comparison to what the market's at. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and if you hire me, I can likely do a little bit more than 75 K anyways, because I just really rent the hell out if I know the owners, if I know the sole purpose is to rent it and the owner doesn't plan on using that one. Right. And we just full steam ahead. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. If the owner's out of the way, it's a whole different ball game, especially if they're trying to interrupt during busy times, because those, those busy weeks for you matter to the actual bottom line at the end of the year. Yes. Absolutely. I'm talking like if you if you owned one of these properties that Lucas manages and you you come in on uh you know like Daytona 500 and you're like well I'm gonna use it for those eight days nine days you're an idiot get out well, of the way I just I just it's <laughs> funny that you it's funny that you brought that up on a topic change I actually I had a uh, a client that was taking weeks and they were you know I'm doing air quotes giving them to friends and family but I know that they were renting yeah. them to friends and family and then not paying uh... me. And they were taking, and that's like on one side, it's like, I'm not, I'm not the world's, I'm not, I'm not the world's maddest person about it. If it's during like the off season and they're dead dates anyways, like dates that are just like 50, 50 toss ups. But when you're taking my peak season dates away, you're affecting my bottom line (laughs) revenue. And now we have a problem. I run a specific quality over quantity equation for my company. And the only reason your property made it into my portfolio is to get to a certain amount of revenue for myself while maintaining a quality company. Um, Mm -hmm. And if you're taking weeks away from me, then I can't meet that revenue goal. And your property has to get booted from the portfolio to make room for somebody else's property that will help me meet that revenue goal. And that was the conversation that was had with them. And an addendum was created to ensure that surcharges exist. If you continue to do this. Yeah. Um, But yeah, so that's just a little tidbit for the folks out there that run the business uh, similar to Lucas, where you are managing for other folks. Just uh, listen up there. 
Yeah, I just wanted to go through a, a fictitious example of how you can get one to cash flow, uh, what it's going to take for it to cash flow, some of the typical expenditures of uh, of a condo or a home, and um, kind of what you can look look for on the outlook side of things. And um, maybe you can help. Maybe you can use what I just gave you and use it as a model to look at any homes that you're looking to purchase or condos you're looking to purchase for your future vacation rental needs. Anyways, that's good. all I got. You got anything else? No, I'm good, man. You covered that well. Um, I was here for the show. <laughs> all right, cool. Well, make Give sure you to, boy. <laughs> <laughs> make sure to like and subscribe to the podcast. Uh, it'll help you get notified anytime that we drop a new episode. Also, make sure if you have any questions, reach out to us on Vacation Rental Insiders on the Instagram page. Send us a message. I'll respond or Ryan will respond. In the meantime, as we always say, be the best host you can be and go get that money. Go get that money. Thanks for listening to the Vacation Rental Insiders podcast. Please remember to rate us so other smart people just like you can find us. And hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode. Until next time, be the best host you can be.